I didn't. I, I didn't get a chance to uh, introduce Quan to everybody. If you haven't been here before, he's been with us a couple times, and we're just blessed and, and privileged. And I thank you for your worship, and uh, because it wasn't about you, it was about the Holy Spirit. And um, I just look forward to your word and bless you. Thank you. It's indeed an honor to be here. And, um, well, we'll see what God does because um, I love the presence of the living God. And it's always fun when you have travel buddies. And you all are great travel buddies today. And um, I just want to encourage you. Um, actually, I just this just um, somebody needs to hear this today. Let me get over there. I want to encourage you today. This is one of my favorite scriptures, but it's like today the Lord's like, I need to say that. I say, God, I say this all the time. So say it again. Yes, sir. This isn't even part of what the Lord's given me or what I'm just going to speak on today, but that's okay. I want you to hear this. I'm going to encourage you just to close your eyes and hear this as the Lord is speaking, as you are interacting with the Lord. It says, O Lord, you have searched me. This is Psalm 139, if you need to reference. So just close your eyes and listen. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit, when I rise. You understand my thoughts from afar. You search me out, my path and my lying down. You are aware of all of my ways. Even before a word was on my tongue, you know all about it, O Lord. You hem me in behind and before. You have laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. I'm going to pause there. The Lord knows your heart. I don't know who this is for. Maybe it's for many of you, or maybe it's for one of you. I don't know. But the Lord knows your heart. He knows every aspect of everything you're dealing with. What you're dealing with is not a surprise to him. He is not caught off guard. He is not alarmed. He is not concerned about what you're, what you're dealing with. He knows you. He calls you beloved. He knows you, and he wants you to trust. He says, will you trust me? I know your path. I know your walk. I know your challenge. Will you trust me? Will you trust me? I know every word that you say. I know every thought that you have. You're not a wreck. You're not an accident. You're not a hot mess. You are my beloved. I love you, my child. I love you. I love you. I love you. Will you trust me? Verse 7, where can I go to escape your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. 
if I use, if I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle by the farthest sea, even there your hand will guide me, your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become a night around me, even the darkness is not dark to you, but the night shines like the day, for darkness is as light to you. It doesn't matter where you are. Recognize, son, daughter, you are not alone. You are never alone, no matter where you are. It may seem like you are isolated. It may seem like you're on an island in that place, wherever that place is, whether it's a workplace or whether it's your neighborhood or whether it's your, your classroom. You are not alone. He is with you. He wants to remind you that there's nowhere you can go that he isn't. He's with you. You are not alone. You are not alone. You are not alone. And right now, Lord, I pray right now in the room that you just wrap a tangible wrapping around those who feel alone right now. God, that they would sense your tangible presence even now in this place. They would sense that holy hug that comes from you, God, right where they sit. Lord, will you wrap your love around them? So they would remind and remind them that you that they are yours and you are theirs. Verse 17. And how precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is their sum. Oh, I'm sorry, I got ahead of myself here. Verse 13. For you form my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and I know this very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret. When, it, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body, and all of my days written in your book and ordained for me before one of them came to be. You are a designer's original. Fashioned and formed by God's very breath, he spoke your name. And there, and here you are. You're not a mistake. You're not an accident. You're not the last one. You're not the. You're not the. the you're not the uh-oh child. There was no uh-oh when God made you. He called you by name, and he called you in this century, in this year, for a time such as this. He could have called you into being in the 1800s. He could have called you into being in the early 1900s. But he chose the latter part of the 20th century so that you could be here for the 21st century because he has a plan for you. You are not a mistake. You're not an accident. You weren't born at the wrong time. You weren't born in the wrong place. You weren't born by the wrong people. You were called, fashioned, and ordained by God. Take refuge in the identity that you have in him. It doesn't matter if somebody doesn't like you. That's their problem. That's not your problem. You're loved by God. I don't know who needed to hear that one. I, that just, I, I never even said that before. That's a them problem. Your problem is your failure to identify yourself as a son or daughter of the living God. That's a you problem. That's not a God problem because he's already identified you. He's already established you. The only you problem that you have 
is your failure to, to, to acknowledge and agree that I'm a child of God. I am who you say I am. God, I am who you say I am. I am who you called me to be. I am not a mistake. I am not an accident. Those things right now, Lord God, those words, those curses that were spoken over any individual in this room, God, I speak to those curses and call them to become stillborn in the atmosphere and to produce no more negative fruit in the lives of the individuals that they were spoken over in the name of Jesus. God, that you would break those words, that you would break those words, whether it was from their upbringing, God, or whether it's just in their current being right now, God, break every word that is, that is contrary to what you call your sons and your daughters to what's contrary to the identity that you've placed in these men and women of God today. In the name of Jesus, break. Break. In the name of Jesus, break and release God. Release identity in the room today. Release identity. Somebody, you've been somebody, you've been lied to way too long, and you got to say enough is enough. Pick up your bootstraps, look, lift up your eyes to heaven, and realize that you are a child of the living God. It doesn't matter what your mama and your dad said. I don't know who this is for. But you know because the Holy Spirit is talking to you right now because it doesn't matter what the world calls you. It doesn't matter how the world will label you. You are a son and daughter of the living God. Anybody here got Jesus in their heart? All right. I see those hands. The, your sons and daughters of the living God. Get used to it. Get used to it. Hallelujah. This isn't even my message. Maybe it is. We'll see what God does. How precious, verse 17, to me are your thoughts, O oh God. How vast are some. If I were to count them, they were to outnumber the grains of sands. When I awake, I am still with you. God never runs out of thoughts for you. He never runs out of thoughts and love for you. You cannot max out God. You can't outgive him and you can't outtake him. You can't over, you, you can't. He's limitless. He's boundless. And you have to realize that he's, he's thinking about us way more than we're thinking about him. For one, he never sleeps. You know? And so even when, he, even when we're asleep, he's on, we're on his mind. How cool is that to realize that you are so loved by God that 24-7, while the angels are praising him, he's thinking about you. How about that? The angels in heaven, 24-7, they're crying out, holy, 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 is Lord God Almighty. These elders are laid out on the, on, the, on the ground. They're bowing their knee and they're throwing the crowns over the sea of glass in front of the crystal throne with the one with eyes like fire, full of love, with hair like wool, in a white robe, holding a scroll. And the whole time all this is happening, he's thinking about you. Wow. The whole time. How vast are your thoughts? How precious to me are your thoughts? How vast are their sum? Has anybody tried to go count sand, count grains of sand? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with no. You probably just go out there. Yeah, you know, I counted the sand. I went out to the beach and I looked. I said, there's a lot. Even those grains of sand outnumber God's thoughts for you outnumber 
what you see, as far as you can see, as long as you can see, as wide as you can see. He thinks more. That, I want you to grasp the understanding of how much God loves you today. You need to hear this because that love of God for you will propel you and project you to become a man or woman of passion, a man or woman that's crying and longing for the presence of God. We sing songs that say, my heart and flesh cry out for you, the living God. Your water, spirit's water to my soul. Do we mean it? Are we really, is our heart really crying for that? Do we really long for that? Can we really say, Jesus, I love you with all my heart. And I long for this the very next time that we get to spend time together. Not, I guess I better do my devotion this morning so I can feel like a Christian. No, it should be, I can't wait, I can't wait, I can't wait to get to you, Jesus. And when you get there, you find out he's been there all along. That's the cool thing about it. You didn't have to go catch him. He's already been there. You just, you just have to realize it. We just have to realize that. Wow, I'm still with you. Even when I awake. You know, one of the best things, like, one of my favorite things to do is, uh, especially like last night, my host, they, I, they hooked me up. I slept so well last night. I woke up and it's like, good morning, Lord. You know, now some days it's like, good Lord, morning. <laughs> but today it was a like, good morning, Lord. I'm so excited. What are we going to do today? I don't know. Um, let's see. Some of you might know this because your grandchildren or your children may have watched this, but the Phineas and Ferb, um, there's just an old cartoon back in the 1900s. Um, it might have been the early two. It might have been the early 2000s. I don't know. But back in the 1900s, I call it. It's called Phineas and Ferb, and um, fin- Phineas would, uh, Ferb would get up and go, "What are you gonna do today? What are you gonna do, Phineas? What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do?" And Phineas would go, "Ferb, I know what we're gonna do today." And I'm like Phineas because I want to get up. Lord, what are you gonna do? 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 You have no idea how excited I've been since Pastor Rick asked me to come. I've been like, Lord, what are you gonna do? 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 And Lord's like, wait for it. Wait for it. It's coming. And I'm okay if he says wait for it because whatever it is, it's gonna be good. Because every good and perfect gift comes from the Lord. Amen. Can somebody say amen about that? Anybody got a good and perfect gift recently from the Lord? Ooh, anybody? Oh, okay. I got scared for a second there. I'm like, did I say something wrong? And here we go. We'll we'll keep going. Verse 19. Oh, God, that you would slay the wicked away from me, you bloodthirsty men, who speak of you deceitfully. Your enemies take your name in vain. Do I not hate those who hate you, O Lord, and detest those who rise against you? I hate them with perfect hatred. I count them as my enemies. Now, here's David. I love love David, man after God's own heart. He's going through all this magnificent awareness, and then all of a sudden he looked. It's like he's looking at heaven, and he's counting how majestic God is and the sum of God's thoughts for him and how fearful and wonderful he's made. And then he looks and goes, oh, Lord. I can just see him, oh, Lord, can you just slay the wicked? They're just, they're just terrible people, you know. And what do you, want, what do you want to say about that? Realize that God takes your enemies, what you see as your enemy, he takes that seriously. You know, and David knew, David knew that. But here's the thing. Just make sure that you don't mistake 
your enemies for God, God's, opportunity, God's opportunities for your enemies. Because sometimes God will allow people, you're that person, you're on your knee and you're like, Lord, here I am. Use me. Send me. I want to be used by you. And then the sketchy people move in next door and you're like, Lord, Lord, why are they here? Out in the name of Jesus. Well, wait a minute. You just said, Lord, use me. Make a pie. That's what I do. I make pies. Make a pie. Bake some cookies. Hey, welcome to the neighborhood. They can be like, what are you doing here? I'm, and you can, you can be like, I just want to be your neighbor. And then in the back of your mind, you're saying, I just want to love you with the love of the Lord so that you encounter God and just the presence of God just falls in this house and transforms this neighborhood. I'm not exaggerating. Can, your, can, can we as the people of God drum up that kind of passion? Can we have that kind of passion? We shouldn't have to manufacture it. It should be a natural byproduct of who we are as sons and daughters of the living God, that we look at every opportunity as a chance to, to see God manifested, to see God move, to see things transform. Recently, um, for, for, for specific reasons, and it's not um, because of I'm, I'm oppressed or anything like that. I'll just tell you this. I picked up a part-time job, and if I had time, I would tell you the whole story of a little boy named Thomas. So I got the second job for Thomas because Thomas needs to go to school, and that wasn't in our plan or our budget, but Thomas was with us, and he's going to school, and he's doing well. So I picked up a part-time job. And uh, I'm a professional. I have, I have a professional career I have for the last 25, 30 years. Uh, it's been a long time since I've been in this particular industry. And I walk in, and it's a different kind of people. And, uh, you know, they say things. I'm like, why are you saying that? They do things. I'm like, why are you doing that? And I had to, and I shared this with Kevin, I had to get my mindset, these are not my people, and this is not my tribe. And the reason why was because um, I, whenever I'm into something, I'm 100% in. I'm 100% dealing with it. I'm 100% walking through it. But I had to realize I couldn't marry myself to what was going on here. But here's the thing where Holy Spirit spoke to me. You have assignments here. So out of 13 different places that I applied in the area of my city, there was this one place. I called them, and immediately, like within an hour, I got a call back. So this is where the Lord had me positioned. And now I know why. And I can name their names. You don't know them, so I can name Hunter, Katie, Alex, Sarah, Bruce. That's just five. That the Lord has put me in some type of connection with where I'm speaking life to them. I'm having the opportunity to share things with them. Or, or, or um, One of them, Bruce, is actually a man of God. He's going to school for ministry. He's 25 years old. He's a manager in this place. And and from what I can see, he was all alone until I showed up. You never know. Everything. Don't mis so don't mistake. Don't mistake an, in an opportunity that God's given you as an enemy. Because just because it's different, just because it looks different and smells different and it's not what you would prefer, does not mean that God didn't position you for such a time as this. Because remember, folks, we're not here by accident. You weren't some blob a million years ago. I'm, I'm sure I'm, I'm, I don't have to speak this to this crowd, but you know, you weren't a blob a million years ago and somehow you evolved and came, became this magnificent person that you are today. No, you were spoken and called by God. Your features, your skills, your talents, your abilities, your mindset, the things that you have learned and the things that you have overcome are a direct result of the one who called you by name. 
So next time you want to get down on yourself and call yourself names that you shouldn't be calling, no man or woman of God should ever be degrading themselves to themselves. I want to say that again. No man or woman of God should be degrading themselves to themselves. You should never look at yourself now and, and start talking about, God, I'm the scum of the earth. God, I'm such a worm. God, I'm such a loser. God, I'm so, You should never. How dare you say that God makes junk? Because that's exactly what you just did. God, I'm a hot mess. Well, thanks. I'm God. I created you, so I created a hot mess. How dare you? You're beautiful. You're magnificent. You're splendor. You're full of the presence and the love of the living God. That's who you are. That's who you are. So don't. Don't discredit what God's doing. I mean, you have to like it all the time. Doesn't mean you're human. You're going to have some things, some issues. And keep in mind, let's remind ourselves that we're not perfect. But that's where Philippians 1 6 comes into play. It simply says this Paul says, Being confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in me will continue to complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. We are work in progress. So make sure that you remember that also when you look at your brother or your sister. You're like, mm, I don't know what they're doing. Uh, see, y'all yeah, know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. We have to be careful about that because they're a work in progress too. I'm a work in progress. You're a work in progress because if we're not, um, either we're growing or we're going. <laughs> and uh, if we're going, we're going in the wrong direction. We should be growing. Remember that. Finally, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close with this. Amazing. Holy Spirit, thank you, because everything I just said to you, there are no notes for this. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't write it, and I've never preached this before, but this is what the Lord has for you today. And We're going to close with one song, if you would indulge me. I promise I won't keep you here for an hour, <laughs> um, but I think that in light of, this is a, I'll tell you about that after I get to this last point. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my concerns. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. See, God in his infinite wisdom, he knew, and David knew this as a man after God's own heart, that even in his identity, even in our identity as believers, there's the identity of us who we are as believers, but then there's the reality of who we are as humans walking the earth. It's kind of like you got to walk through the mud bath. You're going to get some mud on you if you're going to walk through the mud, right? Well, this world's pretty muddy, so you're going to get some mud on you. That's why we have to say, search me, oh God, know my heart. Try me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there be any wicked way in me. Lead me in the way everlasting. We got to keep dusting ourselves off. We have to always forever be in a mindset of God, search me. God, know me. God, reveal to me. God, speak to me. That's what he wants to do. That's that intimate, I call that an intimate interaction with him. You don't have to wait till Sunday morning to get into the presence of the Lord. You can wake up in the morning. Good morning, Lord. I'm going to worship you forever. I'm going to worship you. Before you even get out of bed, and you, you wind up, your feet will hit the floor in the presence of the living God. Did you know you can do that? Did anybody know? Did you know you can do that? I hope so. If not, you just found out. Try it in the morning, especially on those good Lord morning days. Get to say, I'm pray- I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made, even though my back hurt today. Even though my feet hurt, I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made, and I'm a work in progress. See, one of the things I heard recently, just in this weekend, is that 
you as a body of Christ, you're, you're coming into a, a season of declaring and decreeing. If you're going to declare and you're going to decree, you've got to declare the truth of God. And you have to declare it and decree it over yourself as well. Yet we can decree it to out there, but judgment begins in the house of the Lord. Judgment begins in this house. Before I can start decreeing out there, I need to make sure that I, I know who I am. Otherwise, I'm going to decree the wrong thing. You're going to speak the wrong thing because of a, a failure to understand your identity. And you don't want to do that. Because bad words can go forth just like good words. They're called curses. And Lord forbid any one of us ever speak curses over any region or anyone's life. Isn't there enough of that already going on? We need to be the people of God who speak life out of a love for who God is and a love and a, a recognizing and a reality of who he is to us and who we are to him. Because when we speak that and we release that, the atmosphere will transform. The region will transform. You know, the one, one of the things that I appreciate about this church is that half of you probably don't even remember me from a few years ago. Some of you may do. But every time I come here, I feel nothing but the love of God. I, this is my home. This is my, I call this my church away from church. You know, I told Kevin last night, I said, if I lived any, anywhere around an hour away from here, this would be my home church. Unfortunately, I live three hours and 20 minutes. That's kind of a drive for a Sunday morning. And I got a church at home the Lord's called me to. But being in this area, if I'm ever within an hour of this place on a weekend or passing through, I'm stopping at Fellowship of the Beloved. Because the love of God is here, and the people of God, of God are here. And I'm here to remind you today, don't forget. Don't forget who you are. Don't forget that, that who he's called you. Take some time and digest Psalm 139. And know who, he, know who you are to him and who he is to you. People of passion and pursuit of the love of God. See his kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. There's a, one, I spent a lot of time in the prayer room. And um, I, uh, I, I, I just enjoy being in the presence of the Lord. And sometimes if, if you've ever seen in that, the International House of Prayer in Kansas City, um, there's times when there are songs that come out of the prayer room. And I thought, oh, that's so cool. That was a song in the prayer room, and now it's on a CD or, or whatever. They published it or whatever until it happened to me. <laughs> it's like, wow. And there's a song, and I'm, I'm saying it. It's not been published, but it's a song that I sing that's, that's on my heart um, because it's the desire of my heart. And it has kind of grown. It's kind of a hodgepodge, but it's, um, it just simply says, Jesus, I love you. And it's a song that says, I want to sit at your feet, drink from the cup in your hand, lay back against you and breathe. And then there's two more parts of it. This, the third part simply says, I want to know what's on your heart so that I can pray your heart. So first part, I acknowledge that fact that I love you, Jesus, because I, I need to remind myself and establish that, that the creator of the universe loves me and I love him. And there's something, something powerful when you say the words, I love you. If you're married, you know what that means when you say that to your spouse. If, you're, if you have children or grandchildren, you know what that means to them when you say to them, I love you. you know? And for those of you who have brothers or sisters that are best friends or spiritual sons and daughters, when you say I love you to one another, it matters. How much more does it matter when you say, Jesus, I love you? 
And the second part is, God, I just want to be with you. I want to sit at your feet. I, I always oftentimes think about the, um, the Apostle John sitting at the table, at the communion table, that he was just sitting at the feet of Jesus and just sitting there and just leaning against Jesus and just, like, being in the presence of Jesus. Can you imagine what it would have been like being, being John, the beloved? Whew, man. It, just, it, takes me, it takes my breath away thinking about it. And then finally, God, I want to know what's on your heart. We Oftentimes we pray, on earth as it is in heaven, let your kingdom come, let your will be done. But what, why don't we ask God, God, what is on your heart? What's breaking your heart? Because when we ask God to execute the desires of his heart, he can move. He can do the things that he wants to do in the earth. And the people out in the world aren't going to do that. It's our job. We have to release God to do what he wants to do because he's not going to force anything. He didn't force us to come to know him. He didn't force us to become a church. He didn't force any of that. We did it because we loved him. Now we had to ask, God, what do you want? God, what do you want to do today? Lord, what do you want today? And then finally um, is my declaration of what I will do all the days of my life. It's my desire to do this. And, and I'll share that with you when we get to that point. And then we'll close out. I want to encourage you to come to the altar. We're not going to be long. It's already, I realize that at 1230, um, you typically end. And I apologize for going over just a little bit. But I think that this is important. We're only going to do this for a little bit. But I want to encourage you. Worship team, you can come up if you desire, if you don't. If you just want to sit there, that's fine, too. But I would love to have you here. Um, I'm going to switch mics there. Can you hear me? All right. Cool. But I want to encourage you to come to the altar and just say that you love them. And this is how we'll close. I'll sing the song. I'm going to sing the four verses. And then I'm going to pray and dismiss us with the benediction.
at your feet, drink from the cup in your hand, lay back against you and breathe. I want to sit at your feet, drink from the cup in your hand, lay back against you and breathe. I want to know your heart, that I may pray your heart. I want to know your heart, Jesus. That I may pray your heart. I want to know your heart. Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I love you. Yes, I do. Jesus, Jesus. declaration. From the moment that I arise, till I lay my head down at night, I will worship you. It's what I'm made to do. From the moment that I arise, till I lay my head down at night, I will worship you. what I'm made to do from the moment that I arise till I lay my head down at night I will worship you what I'm made to do is worship you Lord, I thank you for your love. I thank you for your grace and your mercy. I thank you, Lord, for identity, that I am who you say I am. I thank you, Lord, that you love me. You loved me before I loved you, and you showed me how to love. Now, Lord God, I thank you for this body of believers here. I thank you for everything that you've done. In our hearts today, God, I thank you for your very, the very essence of who you are, filling the room today, touching our hearts, transforming our lives. And Lord, I pray that the identity of who you say we are would permeate every thought, every action, every aspect of who we are, that it would permeate that, God, and it would take preeminence. You, oh God, would take preeminence in our lives that we may operate the way you've called us to operate, that we will do the things that you've commissioned us to do for such a time as this. Bless every heart here, God. Bless every mind here. Bless every soul here. Bless every household here represented, God. Every family. 
every generation. Bless them with the reality of who you are and an increase of the knowledge and revelation of your great love and power in our lives. I thank you, God. And now I pray, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God the Father and the communion and guidance of the Holy Spirit be with you all until we meet again. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Thank you for being here today. about uh, these things to cast off. What's written on that stone that you want to throw into the water? And whether you're carrying a stone or not, you're carrying things the Lord doesn't want you to carry anymore. We've been hearing a lot and talking a lot about fear cast that off and specifically this morning there's a fear that creeps in and, and whispers to us sometimes the people don't talk about it much but it's even their it's a fear about their own salvation let's meditate on that for a minute heard the word this morning a couple times already. Do not fear. The scripture says you cannot be snatched out of his hand. Yet some of us fear even if there's a heaven. But the Lord says you are mine. 
you might fall on board, so to speak, but you can't fall overboard. I got you. But the enemy wants to hit you with a one-two punch, fear and doubt. He wants you to doubt who you belong to. He wants you to doubt that you're forgiven. He wants you to doubt that you can be healed. He wants you to doubt that there's heaven. When you take communion this morning, when you enter in, you're acknowledging that you don't believe the lies. Lie, lie, lie. You believe the truth. That you are forgiven. That you are healed. And that you are saved. Enter into the Holy of Holies. He's waiting. When you take communion today, I want you to say, take the, take the bread and the cup and say, I'm saved by the blood of the Lamb. Repeat that after me. I'm saved by the blood of the Lamb. I'm saved by the blood of the Lamb. And say it with confidence so the enemy can hear you and flee. Let's commune with our Savior. This time of communion is going to be a ministry time. If there's anyone here who isn't on board, if you've never asked, Jesus to be Lord of your life if you've never admitted that he saves you from your sins and that that cross is a bridge to your redemption then I want you to see me during communion Jesus is ready to settle this for eternity if no one here has settled it yet And if there's any other need you have, let's come forward. No one should leave here today in fear. No one should leave here today with any doubt about where you will spend eternity. Amen? Let's commune.